0: Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we discuss a sneaky, all time great golf feat and have a discussion with all time great Gary Player.
1: My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Well, why do they
2: even have one if you're not supposed to hit it there?
1: Because it's fun! We're having fun! What is this, costume? Mine's off the rack.
3: I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live!
0: Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers. Today, I'm joined in studio by Keely Levins and Sam Wyman. Sam, you just had a flu shot, right? Uh-huh. Right down I, I, the hall from here, I saw the... Uh, I'm supposed to go tomorrow. Were they gentle?
2: Yeah. Well, except for the fact that I might be yeah, having a heart attack right now, because I feel like I'm having some sort of throbbing <laughs> in my right shoulder, so
3: no, I just Can't make for I just great Googled. content. I Googled the symptoms. You look You look like you're going to be okay. okay. Mm. How's my coloring? Uh, uh, I mean, Rosie. Yeah. Rosie.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Flush. Are they still accepting flu shots? I didn't sign up for one yet.
2: You're, they don't give. They're not. You don't. They don't take uh, I, flu shots. They're <laughs> giving flu shots. But.
3: Are they- you got
0: to sign up. I don't know. I signed up last week.
3: Oh shoot! Yeah. I probably missed it. I'm, I'm
0: go- I have a two p.m. time slot tomorrow. Dang. Um, yeah, I, I never got a flu shot till last year.
3: I've never gotten one ever.
0: And I promised my, it, I yeah. promised
3: my sister-in-law, future sister-in-law, that I would get one though.
0: I had to because of the baby. Because of the baby. Yeah. yeah exactly. Let's
3: do the, f- let's do the full hour on, <laughs> on flu shots. The benefits of <laughs> yeah. the yeah. flu shot. We should do
2: it. A I mean, college, We're a service <laughs> brand. <laughs> it so. wasn't.
0: I mean, you know, let's be honest. It wasn't the most exciting week in, in professional golf. It was more exciting we decided to talk about flu shots. So we, <laughs> we also we also do, had a, a, a company basketball game for the first time, and we shouldn't laugh because we had a, a season-ending injury. And other medical news. I'm yes. not oh kidding. So we we shout out to Meredith, um, feel better.
3: I leave you guys alone for yeah. Like Keely missed two it two days and yeah, Achilles are torn.
0: Yeah, jeez, Achilles. We not, go after golf golfitis. We don't do anything fast. We, we half after. really really go after it. Although Sam, you you ended up except for me. I don't go after it early. Uh, but yeah, good times. Good times. Out I was 0
2: for 5 from the floor, but I had a couple of boards.
0: You also got swatted by Meredith I three did. times Bef- before she <laughs> tore her. It would be really impressive achilles. if she swatted me after she tore her <laughs> Achilles. I was saying to someone, there were about. Five block shots, not a lot of defense being played. Five block shots the entire day, and like three of them were on you. <laughs> by Mer- by I play a little bit I, 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 I go to the hard area. Yeah, That's all you need to know about
3: carries. Sam's basketball um, game right But yeah, there.
0: we found the, you know, it was street ball. I mean, we really yeah. had it going out in the courts, out in New York City. Anyway, uh, Mark Leishman really had it going in Malaysia. Look at that segue. Uh, CIMB Classic, Mark Leishman wins at 26 under par. It's his uh, fourth career PJ Tour win. The biggest story, though, that came out was he had already booked a flight to Maui to play in the winners-only event in January. That's, How about that's that?
2: That's bold. It's like putting pressure on yourself. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of a variation of dress for the job you want as opposed right. to the job you have. It's like book a ticket for something you don't already have uh, entry into. So I, I applaud it. Yeah. I
3: like it. I like the confidence. He's a good guy. I mean, he's a good player. Great
2: swing. Supposedly, I don't. I've had very limited dealings with him. Apparently, a great guy.
3: I've only dealt with him once, and I think it was when I was an intern. So, if there's Mm -hmm. anyone that you could ignore on the range of a PGA Tour event, it Mm -hmm. would be an intern. Mm -hmm. And he was so nice to me. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah, you probably do. This like, poor kid out here. What is she doing?
0: Aren't the... I mean, Aussies, though, they have this rep. They're all so nice. I mean... Really? Yeah.
3: They're like Canadian. can name some exceptions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, he's... Aw- I mean, I love watching his swing, too. So, Adam I mean, if, Scott. If there's any... Leishman, I've never talked I'm to Adam Scott. I don't think who else.
2: Natalie. Day. Day's very friendly. Yeah. good crew. Yeah. Robert Allenby. Or, oh, never mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So anyway, he, he booked this flight. I, I think he did say that if he didn't win a tournament, and again, he only has a few more events to do it, that he would just take the family on a vacation. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's mix, Yeah, yeah, it was a mixed thing. It wasn't exactly full like calling a shot, but mm-hmm. it's impressive. I mean, we expected him to win this year. He won a playoff event last year. He's obviously he's almost won a couple majors. Um, you know, he's one of the best best players in the world, but still that was pretty cool Uh, a guy who's moving up the rankings is Eddie Pepperell young British player 27 years old hadn't won before this year he gets his second win of the year at the British Masters Keely I mean this guy is one of the funniest guys on Twitter I mean you would never know he's even a a tour professional or anything Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just that good he's that smart Um, quick yeah very yeah very witty Um, how cool is it that he's kind of now become this star golfer
3: I mean before this season if if we had like you know written down who we would think would play well I mean I think I would have had to go through to like over a hundred players before I yeah. got to Eddie Pepperell. <laughs> like yeah. he's not someone that I would have picked be like oh yeah he's gonna win twice next year um but I he's a riot and he I think he's just like so relatable um and that he's you know he's very honest about like you know I I choke coming down the stretch and, you know, I get really nervous and, you know, he's honest about like playing a little hungover um, at the British open. Um, So I think, yeah, he's just like kind of putting himself out there as like a man of the people who, and he looks like he's like 19, you know, he's very young looking. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of his. I enjoy watching him and I like watching him play well too. It was getting a little scary down the line there. Um, you don't want to hear someone talk about their ability to choke and then watch them actually choke. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I was glad he could finish it off.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned him almost – you know, we talked last week. We gave uh, Tiro Hatton a lot of props for <laughs> almost winning after this Ryder Cup hangover. But Eddie Pepperell, like you said, I mean, he almost won the, the, British, the British Open, Open. <laughs> over. I mean, he said – I mean, it would have been one of the craziest come from behind. You know, he posted the number, if everybody remembers it, the – the weather got tougher that last day. The leaders were just crumbling. Tiger obviously went up to the top of the board at one point. But Eddie Pepperell, for a while, it looked like, yeah, wow, right, you like right. the, the, that position that he's in. He ended up finishing, I think, like T6, but um, two strokes back with Tiger. But, um, yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, I mean Sam, you know, he, we look for different personalities, and certainly he brings that to the table.
2: You know, you speak generally. You, you always say that the guys who are the most relatable – are the least likely to be successful if you follow this train of thinking, which is that uh, because they allow them to to allow themselves to consider choking and Mm -hmm. consider all these different elements that the average player sometimes worries about. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, you know, your top of the pyramid type players, they don't allow themselves to think about all these sort of, Every day challenges. So that's that's why guys like Pepperol and Hatton, to, to an Stan, or right. we talked about you know Peter Malnati is another kind of really Yo, thoughtful yeah. player yep. who thinks about all these variables that the average player thinks about. It's part of what makes them so likable and so endearing, but also probably what makes it difficult for them to be the best players in the world because I feel like I feel like the Dustin Do- Johnsons and Brooks Kepkins of the world don't allow themselves to go there. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. I also like that he he kind of busted uh, Justin Rose's chops a little. Justin was hosting the event, and he gave everyone a uh, chocolate bar, which, by the way, that's th- what I always talk about, the Cadbury milk mm. chocolate, the best in yep, the U.K. They do something different with the milk. I don't want to get into science here, but they do. <laughs> and um, Eddie Pepper responded, can you give me uh, one of these fruit and nut bars? Now, I'm not – I don't know why you would mess with the plain right. chocolate, but Rose, you know – accommodated it's him hooked do. him up yeah. it, and and then look what happened he went out there he made that hole-in-one by the way it was one of the craziest hole ones yeah. ever I don't, I don't I still don't speaking of science I don't get the physics on it it took a hop dead right then it spun forward anyway he made a couple crazy hole-outs and on then, his way yeah the eagle the too. eagle on the it was- yep on the Sunday yep so anyway good for him it must have been the chocolate we'll see um, LPGA Keeley we were talking last week about the South Korea team at the uh International it, crown mm-hmm. and how they kind of had to go, quote, down, way down <laughs> the line to field their team. And the person we were talking to was Inji Chun. And we, I mean, of course, Inji Chun's a great player, U.S. Open champ. Yeah. Um, she wins this week the uh, Hana Bank open. It's the uh, first event of this big Asian swing mm-hmm. that the, the LPGA is on. T- tell us about Inji Chun. It was, well, um,
3: yeah, so we were I mean, we were talking about how obviously South Korea won the international crown on home soil, which was awesome and a big deal for them. But yeah, what Alex and I were talking about was it was even more impressive that they did it be- because they didn't have Inby Park playing. She bowed out and by the time that she had said she wouldn't be playing, a bunch of other South Korean players had already committed to play a KLPGA event that was going on at the same time. So they're like going down the list and, oh, no, they had to settle for a U.S. Open champ um, in, in Um, But, yeah, I mean, just the fact that she could have come off of such a huge weekend. I mean, the pressure on them was unbelievable at the international crown. The crowds were huge. It was just, I mean, I – feel like I would have had to stay in bed for a week after that and that she could come out and then win against this stacked field. I I was very yeah. it's, impressed. It's
2: kind of liberating though after you have a really pressure-filled week mm-hmm. to come back and play the next week when their stakes are a little bit lower because yeah. um, you just feel like you got through that. I mean, there's, it's happened a bunch with like, Phil Mickelson had a couple – last week at Safeway he played pretty well, mm-hmm. too, after after the Ryder Cup. And I remember after a couple of U.S. Opens, he had disappointing finishes. And then he went out and won in Hartford mm-hmm. the next week. And just, I think, something about going through that difficult experience, maybe you're just kind of freed up and you, and you mm-hmm. just play as opposed to uh, internalizing everything.
3: And I've heard guys talk about um, – and women – Um, After these team events when you're playing match play and you're playing different formats that it makes you play so much more aggressively Um, like you're going Hmm. for it more often and you're more aggressive on the greens you're hitting stronger putts than you usually will so then like the next week you still have that mentality going and it's stroke play and when it comes together you end up winning by three you wrote that story about
2: how certain match play formats are really good for your game because I think it helps you to block out um fear of missing and you just kind of play and that's it's true right there yeah
0: Uh, i will say i was a little disappointed danielle kang couldn't
2: quite pull it
0: out she was a co-leader after 54 holes i I had the pleasure of playing in a pro-am with her not well at a charity event with her a couple weeks ago and she shot 63 um and she lipped out a five footer for a 62. she still got credit for the women's course record at at Glen arbor but she would have tied the, the course record and so I wanted, you know, Keeley, I know you, whenever you do instruction pieces with people, you call it the Levin's bump. They always go on to great they, things. They I really win wanted immediately. to help propel Danielle to a win. But still, I mean, T3, she hasn't won in, in over a year. That was, you she's, know, she's yeah, knocking on the door.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, she hasn't had, you know, as great of a season as I'm sure that she's wanted to have. Mm-hmm. You know, she's missed a bunch of cuts and you know, after that first win that she got last Last year, year, I think that it was more of a feeling of like, all right, like let the floodgates open, you know, like everyone's known. She's had the game. She just hasn't been able to close it out. But I think this is, uh, yeah, I think this is a step in the right direction. And if she can be comfortable just like on the road for the next couple of weeks, um, I think it could be good to build some momentum leading into the tour championship in November down in Florida.
0: And I'd say she got inspiration from my, my short game, but mm. she didn't. I never saw her short game. She hit every green. <laughs> she had a birdie putt in every hole. It was absolutely incredible uh, ball-striking clinic by her. Um, anyway, let's move on. You have the 2019 World Golf Hall of Fame class, and it's an interesting one. Let's just say that uh, Peggy Kirk-Bell, Retief Goosen, Billy Payne, Jan Stevenson, and Dennis Walters. They will be inducted into the world golf hall of fame at pebble beach the week of the u.s open the men's u.s open sam who which of those names jumps out to you and why
2: well i mean it's hard for me to say whether some of the um peggy C- Cricbell, you know mm-hmm. hugely influential sure. figure in, in women's golf so um makes all kinds of sense. I think Dennis Walters is an incredibly inspirational person Billy Payne for for what Augusta National means in golf. So those are all kind of separate category in my yeah. mind. Mm-hmm. I think Retief, Retief Goosen is the one guy that you can look at as sort of strictly as a men's player player, right? Whether he deserves to be there and if the really this is one of those things where the precedent has been set already by other guys who have made the hall of fame and if you go by that precedent then he should be in so that's my way of saying is that do i think of retief Goosen as a hall of famer not mm-hmm. necessarily he won two majors certainly won a bunch of tournaments around the world and won a few times on the pga tour but i don't ever think uh maybe sh- save for a short period 2004 2005 where he was you know one of the top three or four players he was never the best player in the world um you know it's hard for me to think of him as as a hall of fame player but we're talking about a, a a an entity that has allowed Colin Montgomery, Fred Couples, right. Mark O'Meara, right. all of these guys who um, kind of fall into the same category. They are, never were dominant players. I guess Fred Couples was number one in the world at one point, right? But, uh, but he won one major. Retief mm-hmm. at least won one two, two majors. Right. She almost came close to winning a third yep. at Pinehurst two thousand five. Um, so it's really a reflection of sort of the diluted criteria for the Hall of Fame in my mind.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Keely, about? Um you know, I I actually thought Peggy Kirk Bell was already in. I mean, I, I just had heard that name as this legendary yeah. figure, you know, helping grow women's Absolutely. game and everything. But uh, did, did another, anything jump out to you? Or
3: Yeah, another name that I kind of was like, oh, she wasn't already in was Jan Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she has had such an influence on women's golf just as, you know, just kind of that original you know, beautiful mm-hmm. golfer who, right. I mean, she became this global representation for what women's golf um, was at the time. Um, and she, at the same time, she wasn't just like a beautiful woman, she also won all the time. You yeah. know, she won 16 times, she won three majors. Three majors yep. um, so I think, I think that was good to like, you know, give her that recognition. Um, and she's also the center of one of our. Favorite family stories. Um, my mom was paired with her at a U.S. Open. Mm. Um, the U.S. Open, my mom had been leading as an amateur. And I think it was a third round she was paired with Jan. Jan went on to win. And um, my mom has three older brothers. And when they saw that oh, my wow. mom was going to be paired with Jan Stevenson, they all got on planes and flew out. <laughs> and they That's were amazing. They were a little over served wow. by the time they showed up on the back nine. And yep. Needless to say, my mom didn't really play great on the wow. weekend there. But
2: By the way, great um, tweet. That's amazing. By the way, speaking of, yeah. of you know, who deserves to get in and who doesn't deserve to get in, Brandel Chamblee, our boy, mm-hmm. last week had a tweet. He said, I did my curmudgeonly best not to let my blood boil when I read the list of Hall of Fame inductees for 2019. Tony Lima should be in the Hall of right. Fame. Tom Weisskopf should be in the Hall of Fame. McDonald Smith should be in the Hall of Fame. So it's a, it is true that there's definitely a recency bias as well that mm-hmm. we look at. Yeah. Well, that,
0: well, like you said, Sam, the, the problem is that the bar, I mean, no offense to some of these guys who were in already, but the bar did get lowered and lowered. And by the time it got lowered, some of these guys before who what weren't in, right, in, they've yeah. now been forgotten, like a Tony Lima right. or a Tom mm-hmm. Weisskopf. And, and you know, you're right. I mean, it, it's tough because there should be almost these different categories because on one hand, you know, the Dennis Walter's story is phenomenal. It, it's, it's so great that he got in. But, on the other hand, you know, a great golfer like a Ratif Goosen Gushin, Gushin is probably saying, well, if he gets in, sure. you know, then I deserve to be in with my two U.S. Opens. So, you know, I don't know why we get so worked up, and I am I certainly get as worked up as anyone when, you know, about the bar being lowered or this or that. I mean, I just, I just think there should be more of a distinction from now it's just becoming if you ever won a major almost, right. you get mm-hmm. in. And it's, now it's like, no, no, but they get credit for winning the major. You— to be the Hall of Fame, it's a whole, it's other, whole other level, other level. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So but it's
2: also just the way golf works, which is you know, in baseball, hockey, all these other sports, you know, the guy retires for five years, so there's a whole new class of people that right. you can sort of assess, and you have a, a really finite framework of a career that you can look at, right. and it's just everyone's, for the most part, um, you know, there's this, there's a very, you know, it's a very apples to apples comparison right. in other sports, and golf is so. Different, especially I mean, you can't compare Retief Goosen to Dennis Walters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can compare again, you can compare Retief Goosen to right. Mark O'Mara or whomever, right?
0: And I mean, now it's it's like, okay, Retief Goosen had I know he won, I think, 12 other uh, European tour titles, he won a bunch in South Africa, so I know he did, he won a lot more. It's not just all about the PGA tour, but look at someone like John Daly, he won five times, two of them are majors, and, and then you say you know, did he contribute otherwise to the game?
2: Absolutely. I think he did. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a, a cult
0: a... figure. Yes. He's a guy he gets the casual fan into the game. So, like, he's going to, he's a really interesting candidate. I mean, now does he get in? I mean, and again, you a few years ago, we would have laughed at that and been right. like, John Daly's not a Hall of Famer, but, I mean, Retief Goosen or John Daly? Who meant more to the, meant more to golf? John Daly. John Daly. So, anyway, one guy, uh, sorry, who I, I think should be added to the class almost for what he did this past year, And our, our Max Adler wrote a Great piece on this, uh, Jimmy James, fifty-nine year old, uh, recently retired. He set out to play all top one hundred Golf Digest top one hundred courses in the same year. You know, and because it, it amazes me, because I've always wondered how who's ever done this, because the list changes every right. two years, sure. so it's it's tough. And I think Max puts in the article that they know of, of maybe two dozen people who have played all top one hundred. Although I don't know how that you know at some point. This mm-hmm. guy did it in one year. Right. Um, what?
2: Well, obviously, has to amazing. have the resources to do it. Yes. It's an amazing networking. Feat, amazing more than, networking. than anything. Because even if you have all the money in the world, um, you have to be able to, um, you know, certain places you have to know someone to get on, and, and yep. also make it work for your schedule. And then also, obviously, the irony is that he worked in the oil industry, and he was his specialty was logistics. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. This is a yeah. logistical. Um, you know, a challenge, challenge of first order. Yeah. So it's really impressive. With the story, there's sort of the, the chronology of the courses he played or the, I should say, the the list of courses he played and making work. I think that one of the stories is that he played, he played Winkfoot and Quaker Ridge, but like, you know, like months apart when they're right across the they're street from, from right, each other. Tree. Right, yeah. right. And, Qu- and then, you know, Winkfoot, I think he only played the West or the East. Well, is
0: a it's a composite because one of the nines was shut down. Yes, so, so technically, right. you know, he didn't, yeah. but he was there. I mean, right. we get, we're giving him... And, and also, he technically he kicked off. Obviously, Augusta is the toughest ticket of all, and he started this after he played Augusta. And he pl- he actually played Augusta like a month before he officially started this. But again, I mean, uh, incredible stuff. I know, Keely. You have Sam. You too. We we've all done stories on people who have accomplished some of these quirky, weird feats. Keely, mm-hmm. what was what was yours?
3: Last year, I wrote a piece um, on a. A guy from North Carol or he lives in North Carolina now, who played every course that Donald Ross designed. Hmm. That's a was, lot of courses. That man. was a lot of courses, and that was something, the logistics. was a were lot of bump and runs, too. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as impressive as the logistics of Jimmy's trips were, mm-hmm. that, that didn't quite happen in the Donald Ross story because he didn't really plan on doing it, and then it just started to kind of happen, and mm-hmm. then he was like, flying all over <laughs> to try right. and like bang out the last few courses. Right, right, right. But no, I don't, I mean, I don't know how people, I I mean, I guess you have to be like financially able to do it, but like the time that it takes to do this um, and like the people you, like you said, the networking, the people that you have to meet, I feel like you have to get so lucky of course. Yeah. in a lot of ways to like make the connections necessary. Um, I think, I don't know, I would just be, it would be so cool to, like, keep a journal of this. And, yeah. like, yeah, it was awesome. Max did a great job with the story, too. Yeah.
0: Well, he this guy from his former job, he did have millions, literally, of, like, frequent flyer miles. Yes. And right, and Marriott right. points. So most of his travel was actually covered. covered. Uh, but I think he'd still spent 15000 in green fees and 10000 in caddy fees and $5,000 from every to Right, he had to uh, get a cap from every place. I mean, what an amazing uh,
2: and, job. Amazing thing about it all, well, and this is was the hardest place to get on to for him was. remember You know what I said? Right. It wasn't Augusta. Milwaukee country. Oh, my, yeah, just <laughs> Which is just, you just wouldn't think of it. You'd be like, listen, I'm playing right. all 100 courses. What well, can I play? And right.
0: you're talking about logistics. He almost didn't get on to Shinnecock mm-hmm. because of the Open. Right. He ended up, Jimmy um, Dunn, the famous, right. remember they got him the last day it was open to the public. So he almost... And, and, then with the bad weather in California, he play he made six trips to California to play twelve courses. So and I you have to have the weather work out. Yeah. I mean, oh, I was supposed yeah. to
2: play as you know, Fisher's yep. Island. Here, exactly. You were supposed apart. to play one time. One time, you couldn't even make it happen.
0: Yeah. You know what <laughs> else that also happened last ba- year
3: too? Fisher's Island doesn't want you. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <It just tends laughs> a big conspiracy.
0: Back to my, uh, it all ties back to this magical. I'm just realizing, charity. Uh, round. I played with Dominic Chu, CNBC,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, Dominic Chu. He played the 99th round with this guy, Amazing.
2: He tweeted about it today and he
0: tagged me on it. That's, I mean, what are the odds of that? So yeah, this guy got around. It sounded like he, you know, just a great guy. In addition to the connections, he really, you know, even at Augusta, uh, Danny Yates offered to help him and he said, nah, I can, I can do it on my own. And he, and he, he worked all the angles. I, I, Remember, this makes me think of a couple of years ago. I did a story on this guy Barry Gibbons from from Connecticut, who played 878 rounds of golf in one year. He had obviously just retired as well and needed something to do. And the most amazing part of it was they were he walked all of them. And I played a round with him. And one of I played the middle of three rounds that he was playing that day. One it was day. like a summer day. Oh I God. was dead after one round walking. <laughs> he did it 800. He he lost 33 pounds. Uh, his but, calves are enormous. Yeah, he, he's a monster, <laughs> and that's obviously an all-time record as well. So you know, some of these records are, are just really, y- really I cool. Always, They're all out there, though.
2: I always question whether it would it would enhance your enjoyment yeah. of the game, or if it would take away from your enjoyment of the game. Because I mean, at some point, it becomes a bit of a chore. It's too much of a good thing. Yeah, it always. I mean, Max Adler, who wrote yeah. the story, did yeah, that, tra- did that travel, trip across yep. the country so yep. for your mm-hmm. time, and he says his game kind of went. Down the tubes a little uh-huh. bit because you just you know it suddenly becomes you're grinding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
0: think out, with this yeah. guy Jimmy and Barry, they both got better, and then by the end they returns yeah a little. But I, I mean, I'd much rather do what Jimmy did. Obviously, ba- Barry. I mean, that day I was like, I can't believe this guy's going to go out there again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jimmy at least is playing all, you know all these great clubs. He said the I think he said um the best day he had was at Augusta, but his favorite course was Cypress. Oh, okay. Which I think a lot of people would probably say the same. It's tough, too. Anyway, read the story. It's it's great. It's on Golf Digest right now. Um, And now, you know, we've been talking about traveling. We've been talking about playing different courses. You know, we thought it was a good idea. Um, I I caught up with Gary Player, nine-time major winner, um, a couple weeks back. We talked about all that. We also we also talked about that he you know, he's this big fitness guy, but he does have cheat days. No um, way. What's he doing? And I've now seen him on two separate occasions eat a chocolate chip cookie oh. and a buffalo wing. Wow. You. Yeah. So wow. The wow. Guy, goofy, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you're yeah, right actually. Fried. Yeah. All right, forget yeah, about the buffalo wing. He ate you. a chocolate chip cookie once. Buffaloes Apparently really though funny. he also loves Snickers and uh, he tells a good story about that. And again, talks about all the traveling. You know, we got we got the P J tour over in Asia. We got the L P J in Asia. These people are going around on their chartered planes. Gary Player was, you know, lugging the miles without all the comforts of that. So, <laughs> what if uh, it's,
2: it turns out that Gary Player is a huge fraud and <laughs> he <just> eats terribly <laughs> oh, and he has like a liposuction machine in his, in his house? I'm just,
1: just
0: we'll I'm, not, I'm not saying far. that's definitely true, <laughs> but I'm throwing that out there. He definitely kicks back a little more though than than we think. I think. Anyway, we had a great talk with Gary. Um, he had a. He's always wonderful to talk to. So please have a listen to our chat with Gary Player.
2: This interview is brought to you by Golf Digest Schools. Golf Digest Schools is our new cutting-edge video instruction platform offering more than 250 classes on every part of the game and featuring the leading teachers in golf, from Butch Harmon to David Ledbetter to Michael Breed. Unlike the quick tips you can find across the internet, these are full game improvement programs meant to be followed step-by-step as if you were working with a pro. It's like Masterclass meets Netflix, but even better because there's feedback. To sign up for Golf Digest Schools, go to golfdigest.com backslash allaccess and use promo code SCHOOLS to get 30% off an annual subscription. Again, that's golfdigest.com backslash allaccess and use promo code SCHOOLS.
0: All right, I want to welcome to the Golf Digest Podcast nine-time major champion, Gary Player. Gary, thank you so much for joining us
1: today. My pleasure.
0: Uh, obviously, we are here at the Gary Player Invitational, the Barenberg Gary Player Invitational. This is one of uh, a series of golf events that you do uh, every year, obviously. what uh, Tell us, how special is this event for you each year? Extremely uh, important,
1: and uh, having struggled as a young child myself, I must say that uh, this event is changing the lives of people all over the world, Um, giving them a place in the sun. We built an aid center in uh, in China. We built a a home or a shelter for people that were homeless in London and it's changed their lives. Uh, Mm. Berenberg put up facilities for them and uh, we are producing lawyers and doctors as such from people that had no hope. South Africa, we've built some schools, which is terrific to see in America. Uh, our main theme is education. You've got to get the young people educated extremely well. I think in America, uh, the young youth are, are oblivious of the fact what's happening in the rest of the world. Um, I think they, they're taking exercise out of the schools. We want to see them increase exercise. So, you know, this is a, we, we try to have a message of education, of changing the lives of people and getting people to to under eat and over exercise because particularly in America the greatest country in the world people are doing the opposite they eat like it's the last supper and a lot of it is wasted and they exercise so little according to stats uh, less than 3% of Americans exercise and eat uh, correctly uh, and so we got to get the young people America's the top country in the world but you've got to try and stay there and you need good education and you need people to be fit. Obesity is one of the greatest destroyers of mankind and America are the leaders in the world when it comes to obesity. So we've got to try and get young people to exercise and uh, we talk about this and thank goodness for sports because it does get a message through to young people and sports is such a very very important thing. But to have great sponsors you cannot achieve any of this without great sponsors and Berenberg are something very very special You know we as a uh, as a group have empowered over a thousand women which is a lot um, through the charities and when we spoke to Berenberg about having 50% women in our event which has not taken place in most events if you're honest around the world they were only too happy to do it Hmm. and we've also giving these ladies a chance to improve their game and making them feel important and I feel there needs to be a lot more done for ladies golf uh, I really believe that uh, you know sometimes you've got to make a little sacrifice. I would like to see it might be a, a pipe dream: one percent of prize money that players win on the regular tour, one blousy percent, mm-hmm. goes towards women's golf sure. to get them to have more tournaments, bigger tournaments, because we need to get people off the streets. We, you know, if you look at young people today, they're riddled with either drink, smoking, or drugs. Really, a a large, large percentage in the greatest country in the world. We've got to get them off it. And so by participating in sports, and that 1% would be so very easy to do. Now a lot of people would ridicule that idea, but I believe that. We've got to make a little bit of an effort. So we're delighted to have the ladies playing as well.
0: Sure. Uh, You mentioned eating poorly, and uh, your friend Lee Trevino just told a tremendous story. it, it's amazing that you uh, you took some bread and, and yeah. put water on it and, and threw it off the table and called it poison. And it's so funny because we did that video at the Open last year where you were talking to fans and yeah. telling them they were yeah. eating wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I just, how, how old were you when you first started eating right and, and at least trying to tell other people to eat right?
1: I had to travel extensively. I I listened to a man on the radio uh, yesterday with the Ryder Cup. So Tiger didn't win a match in the Ryder Cup because he was tired. He played three or four tournaments in a row. Then he had to travel to France. And he traveled in a chartered (laughs) plane, and he has a suite, and they have cars to meet them, and a great prize money. I don't know what would happen if that man saw what I used to go to (laughs) traveling in a constellation, 250 miles an hour, 27,000 feet amongst the storms, and going to Australia, and India, and Africa, and America. That's, 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 I mean, he doesn't know what tiredness means, right? But uh, I think a lot of tiredness is in the mind. When you're playing for the kind of prize money, that these athletes are making today. I don't want to hear anybody tell me they're tired. Right. And they're making tens of millions of dollars when people are making no money in the world and having to slog it out and sure. you don't have a choice whether you go to work or not or whether you're tired. Sure. So we've got to get things in proper perspective. But um did I answer your question fully?
0: Well the the food. When well, did you food, suppose, were you taught that yes. about eating right? I mean, how yeah. did you develop that?
1: I suppose being small in stature, I had to make up for it. In strength of mind and physical fitness, I started weight training and golf. uh, And when I did start it, uh, people said I was a nut. You couldn't do weight training and play golf. And today, most of them are using it. And if you don't, there's no such thing as muscle bound. I keep hearing these networks say, well, Tiger's not playing his best because he's getting muscle bound or Rory. I mean, you see these long driving competitions. Yeah. They come out, they look like Tarzan. Yeah. They're built up like weight, heavyweight weightlifters, and they swing the club below parallel. Right. There's no such thing as muscle-bound. If you get a thin man, you could hardly get the club back. You either have a body of suppleness, of elasticity, or you don't. Right. You can pump all the iron you like. Right. So they're really behind uh, these people that are giving opinions. Golfers that are giving opinions on this are really not a fae with the actual structure of right. the body. Food-wise, I had to make sure, and it's not easy when you're on the road like I am. Right, yeah. Not easy, but uh, like this morning, I have two eggs and I have some chopped up onion because I believe onion and garlic and, and juices. I think green juices mm-hmm. are the essential. This <laughs> is what mothers should be getting their children right now, is taking green juice. Get a blender and make the juices, the spinach, the cabbage, the broccoli, the carrots, the garlic, the onions, and... Let them take it every day. They need that. That's what they really need to start their day. So I had to make up for it. I wasn't built like Nicholas and Palmer, so I had to make up for it in another way, work on strength of mind, doing a lot of meditation, doing a lot of weight training. And I remember a famous golf architect saw me squatting with over 300 pounds the night before I won the US Open because I wanted to beat Nicholas to win the Grand Slam. And I was pumping iron seriously. <laughs> and he said, and an article, lady said, Gary Player will never win a tournament after 35. He'll be muscle bound. <laughs> so I sent him an email in heaven the other day, and I said, Listen, I'll be coming <laughs> there not too distant in the future. Make sure you've got a nice gym there for me and a nice golf course, but make sure there weights there. <laughs> so no, but it's uh, it's uh, you have to you have to if you want to have longevity, and, and golf has greater longevity. Most sports you finish when you're an average age of 32. I'm now 83. I've been. Shooting an average of about 71, 72. So mm-hmm. I've hit my age by, you know, like 12 shots, 11, 12, 10, yeah. 11, 12 shots around. So it's because wow. I've worked out and stay fit and I try and keep my weight down. An interesting thing about food and weight and exercise in India, I met a man who was a, a guru and he said to me, What do you weigh now? And very proudly, almost to this, this state of arrogance, I said, I weigh the same as I weighed when I was 25. Mm. Very bad, he said. He said, everything now at 83 is a lot weaker. You should be 10 pounds lighter. Oh. And he, said, But I said, yes. But then I made a comparison about that the average man today, compared to when he was 25 or 25 pounds at least, over oh, yeah, some people definitely. 50 and 60. Sure, sure. He said, that's no good. Sure. He says, you've got to do what is right for sure. you. So we've got to teach children in schools, and this is what perturbs me, and I'll come back without be repetitive. We've got to get them exercising in school. The first subject, every school should walk around the whole school. Hmm. The whole school should get together, walk around the school three times before they start their their, their day. And at break, they should have to walk again. We've got to get young people, they're not exercising. They're getting obesities, climbing in big time. They're eating donuts and and, and a lot of carbs before they go to school. They're not exercising. They've got cell phones. I don't know. We live in a different world. Yeah. And again, you've got to, you know, this is a very interesting fact. America, and any country in the world, will never be able to keep up the healthcare systems that we're doing. You're gonna run out of money. Mm -hmm. There are more people getting sick, and the costs are gonna go above what we can afford. Mm. That is a fact. Right. So we've got to change. We have no choice but we have to change.
0: Now you you uh, you must treat yourself every once in a while because Lee Lee told the story. You you snuck some Snickers back in your suitcase there. (laughs) So uh, first of all. Are Snickers your, your favorite candy, and how often do you maybe slip a little, treat yourself? I, I
1: love Snickers, and okay, I, I never yeah. profess to be a martyr. Okay. So the thing is that you couldn't get Snickers in South Africa at that okay. time. Okay, there you go. So I put about a, I put about 20 Snickers in my suitcase, and he saw them, and he's, oh, man, he says, <laughs> he really teased me about them. I said, you know, I love these so much, I don't even take the paper all.
0: That's <laughs> great. Um, these, some of these guys you mentioned today are, you know, a lot of the great players today are working out in the gym a lot. Two guys that pop out are Dustin Johnson yes. and Brooks Kepka. Yes. And you look at Brooks Kepka, yes. he's a big dude. Yeah. Um, how, you know, excited are you to see guys like that kind of rise to the top of the world ranking? And in your heyday, you think you could bench press with Brooks? You think you could hang with him in the gym?
1: i used to squat with uh or squat yeah i used whatever. to squat with 325 pounds sounds I don't like a lot he does yeah but uh, obviously he's uh, he's a much bigger man it's true than I am. true so but maybe i did more for the size of my body pound than for pounds for his pound for pound sure but uh, this is interesting you see there he's lifting and bench pressing i believe 247 pounds mm. he does it 15 times mm. now you look at the muscle on him. But he gets the club back beautifully yep. and yep. swings. It's not affecting his swing. Right. And yet I had to listen on the Golf Channel, people telling right. me the Tiger and Rory were going off because they were right. lifting too heavy. It's such nonsense.
0: Right. Do you have to do uh, stretching and, uh, and flexibility stuff to, to offset that or 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 no?
1: You either you either, either have a habit. supple body right. or you don't. Okay. Right. Now, if you don't have a supple body, right. you've got to do more stretching than okay. somebody else. Right. And uh, but, and you've also got to take the right food, and you've got to know how to, you've got to take, when you take, when you exercise, you've got to get in, if possible, get into cold water. Mm. Cold water, uh, that takes inflammation away. If you look mm. at the soccer players, when they finish playing, they sure. get in an ice, uh, ice cube. A lot of athletes now get in those, I, I was doing that 60 years ago. Wow. And so there are, there's a, a lot to be learned. And you must be very careful when you give, uh, when you're emphatic about your opinion. Always leave the door open. Mm-hmm. But to start saying that people are playing badly because they are yeah. lifting weights. Right. I mean, even I mean, when I won the US Open, I was lifting so heavy. <laughs> the night before. <laughs> the I won night it. before. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. honestly, it's uh, it's really fascinating to listen to this.
0: Now, you you said that you thought you thought the US would win the Ryder Cup Not this yet. year, and, and most people did. Uh, on paper, they looked like the stronger team. I just wonder, though, you've been all over the world. Obviously, you're from South Africa, so you don't, you're don't. you not from either side. Do you find yourself pulling for either side, usually?
1: I try and stay neutral. Okay, you do. And I, what I say to myself, where will golf benefit the most hmm. if which team wins? Sure. Because I want to see more rounds of golf being played. Sure. Because the rounds of golf have gone down. Professional golf have never been more healthy over the X amount of years, the last X amount of years but rounds of golf have gone down. Now it's looking more encouraging with mm-hmm. Tiger winning yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago was a very significant thing. The Ryder Cup, can you imagine? 55,000 people a day, they said. Yeah. No tournament in the world yeah. has ever had that. In France, a tiny France. little golfing country yeah. with beautiful golf. Course, yeah. I thought they'd have 10,000 people a day, maybe. Right. That was an eye-opener. And the way they organized it was good as Augusta. Yeah. Maybe better, I don't know. It was mm. just phenomenal to host that number of people. So... Uh, But uh, it's very encouraging to see, when Europe won, the publicity that would come out of that round the world versus if America won. If America won, it would have been a story, but with Europe winning, for some unknown reason, they've been predominant. They've really
3: annihilated
1: the Americans in the Ryder Cup, so why? It's a strange thing, but the publicity would have been more, which in turn would affect more young people getting interested in golf. And so, I want to see golf grow as a whole.
0: Sure, With sure.
1: With Tiger, Tiger gets golf so popular. He's got to get a lot of young people playing. Uh, he's the, I know he's getting a lot more African-American children playing in South Africa and in America, and hmm. that's important Sure. as well.
0: Um, as a captain, i got to ask you, Patrick Reed yesterday, after the fact, kind of threw his teammate and his captain under the bus a little, he said that that they, Jordan didn't want to play with him and that Jim Furyk didn't really consult with him on this. What, what would you have done in that situation with, uh, and have you ever had a, t- a tough situation like that where two guys just, one guy doesn't really want to play with the other guy, even though they've been a great team?
1: You know, it's a very interesting thing when you uh, speak about the Ryder Cup or any tournament after the event. Yeah. It's an exact science afterwards. Unfortunately, captains, when you win, you're a good captain. Of course. If you yeah. lose, you're a lousy captain. <laughs> <The> captain <laughs> never puts his club on that. He <laughs> never touches a club. Right. So it's unfortunate. Right. Uh, I think you can come up with all the theories and this and that and this and that. But just, it's simple, Europe just have played better. Yeah. They play better, they play better every time. Yeah. And they've, re- they're, you know, the results prove it. So just, when somebody beats you, just say, look, you played better than I did. Yeah. Amen. There are so many theories. Did he pick the right people? Personally, when I know you're playing a narrow golf course like that, my choices would have been more along the Kisner, mm-hmm.
2: Zach Johnson, mm-hmm. who
1: really hit the ball straight. True, right. Very important. And But, you know, Jim Furyk did his best. Okay. And, that, and he's a wonderful gentleman. That's all you can expect. He did his best, and that's all you can do. But whatever you do, if you lose, you're going to be criticized. Right. But one thing it did prove and, and I don't know if it'll improve the eyes of the commentators and the networks. And I've been saying this for a long time. And, and, I, and I, I listened to Trevino talking this morning. I didn't agree 100% about uh, Seven Nine and Wedges to Greens. Mm-hmm. Long hitting, Is there's so much emphasis put on long hitting. Yeah. Long hitting, I saw Ballesteros in 1986. He had a drive 320 yards down 15. He was one shot ahead of Nicholas. Nicholas held about a 20-foot putt on 17 and went on to win. Mm. Ballesteros took that 320-yard drive with a 4 or a 5-iron to a par 5 knocked it in the water. It right. didn't mean a thing. Right. A long drive doesn't always mean something. Right. Every putt you hold over 3-foot means, means something. something. The game is putting. The game is knowing how to play. Stop putting so much emphasis on long hitting. Right. Put more, I talk to young people. They say, what do I do? I said, practice your short game. Practice your short game. Don't Worry about long hitting. Don't right. worry about long hitting. Right, that's all they do is worry about long hitting, long hitting, long hitting. Tell me what a great putter you are. Tell me how well you think. Tell me whether you can accept adversity. Tell me whether you are positive. Work on those things. Long hitting is not what wins golf tournaments. So right. We've seen that time and time again.
0: Sure. Do Do you think that as a nine-time major champ like you are? And you're the captain that people are more likely to listen to you and go along with what you say versus maybe if you're who only won one major do you think that makes a difference
1: I think in terms of respect level I, I think I think experience is a big thing in life mm-hmm. I think you've got a experience is invaluable uh, for example if I was having a lesson as a as a, as a pro from another if I did, if I was a pro yeah um, I never understood why Tiger Woods, when he won the U.S. Open by 15 shots—not five, 15—we <laughs> went along and had lessons. Right. If he never changed, yeah, I know too many ifs and ifs don't count. Sure, but in my humble opinion, if he never had a lesson after he won the U.S. Open by 15 shots, he might have won 30 majors. Right, might have. Okay, he might have won 25. I don't know, but he would have won a lot more. Right, but that put him back because it got him confused. He got a bit of paralysis, with sure. nuts, which he quoted himself as saying. Right, so but he obviously wanted to even get better right so the decision you make is is, is is very very important but if i was having a lesson as a pro i would go to a man who's been in the arena mm-hmm. who knows what it is to get a par in the last hole to in the masters mm-hmm. you can't t- you can't teach that right. to somebody unless you've been in the arena right so i think the categories of who you have lessons from if you're a, a club pro a young man you go to a certain category of pro but if you're a golf professional me, I would never listen to somebody right. unless they've really been sure. a top player. If I had a listen, I'd go to a man like Trevino, right. street smart, sharp, you know, who, who really knows things that the average pro doesn't know.
0: Right. Well, I know you have a tea time to get to, so I want to wrap up, but I just got to ask you one more thing. You, uh, We've talked about Tiger a lot today. You've been at the Masters Champions Dinner with him through the years. You've, you guys have talked... I wonder, you know, it came out that at last year he told people there that he was done. Um, do you recall that? And judge going from there when he could only show up to a dinner and eat and not play to where he's come now, are you amazed by that?
1: I'm flabbergasted yeah. because uh, when you heard him or statements, whether he said them or not, you can't believe anything you read anymore, sure. unfortunately. Uh, but you, you listen to that. And you know, when you have back operations, it's very serious. Right. And now the big thing is, will those back operations, will they last? That's another thing. Right. Because he's moving his body at a massive speed. Right. But he did say to me at Augusta, which I know, he said, the reason I'm back because I exercised. Uh-huh. That's the reason he's back. Okay. And the fact that he stopped having lessons from everybody, as I understand. Yeah. He worked it out himself a yep. bit. And he's swinging so much better. Yep. So much better. and. Uh, but he's kept his body strong, and that's the reason he's been able to come back. And, and we were all so excited to see him come back and win like that. It's done golf of measurable harm, and any time a man has been a champion like he has, and suffered like that, it's, it, it makes me feel very happy to see him playing well. That's
0: great. Well, we're, we're always happy to see you, and we're happy to see you. are a great champion, obviously, in, in your own regard. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, enjoy the day. Enjoy the golf. It's a beautiful course. It's a design of yours. Yes, at, at it's Glen one of our
1: designs. Arbor. Yeah. Right, Glen yeah. Arbor. Beautiful. It's yeah. It's a very beautiful golf course. We've done a lot of golf courses in the world, all over the world. Sure. And uh, have, um, I've enjoyed it because I'm a farmer and I understand soil, and above all I understand water. Because mm. water is a crucial thing. We're running out of water in the world now, big time. And um, I'm always flabbergasted with my brother told me this. He was the world's one of the world's leading conservationists. He said, America probably waste um, 500 million glasses of water a day. You go in a restaurant, they don't say, do you want water? Right. They fill it up. Right. You right, turn right, your right. back. they fill it up. Right. Now you don't drink it. Right. Now they take that part, that glass. Throw down yep. the zinc, and then they wash the glass again.
0: You're so right. So we, yep. you
1: know, we've got to. Uh, yep. be, this comes back to education. Yep. And this is what we have in our tournament here. We're trying to get people to be educated, young sure. people. Right. And uh, the one thing I want to say that young people, or anybody in this country, every day they wake up, they should kiss the ground and realize how lucky they are mm. to live in America because I've traveled more miles than any human being ever, 65 years. And what these eyes have seen, very few people ever see.
0: Sure, sure. Thank you so much, Mr. Player. I appreciate it. All right, thanks again to Gary Player for joining us. Uh, Guys, we want to wrap up with some... Weekly Awards, a best one-day story, and that is Shibankar Sharma was tied for the lead after 54 holes. (laughs) You know where I'm going with this. Just like he had the lead at the WGC Mexico, he barely finished in
2: the top ten, unfortunately. So,
0: uh, big Sharma.
2: Final round scoring. Final round
0: scoring needs to be, be picked up. But, you know, we all love him. We, you know, I, uh, I happened to be in a restaurant when he was celebrating his twenty second birthday at the British Open. He had That's a, amazing. You know, he was, he addressed the whole restaurant. I mean, this guy is, he, he's still, he's still on the up. We, we, we like him, but yeah, he's got to improve that. All right, uh, we have a couple of weird golf news of the week. First one is, Congressional is under fire for, uh, removing trees without getting the proper permit, and it turns out that a member kind of tattled on them this oh. is
2: kind of bizarre yeah it's also I mean I've, as a member when they remove trees I'm such a fan of that everyone I is yeah, I don't
0: know. so if you go to a course and you say I like this course the first to a member the first thing is we removed a lot of trees last <laughs> year. Yes, that's oh, that, that's you're what they so right. You're so right. It's amazing. Right. So,
3: and like, what is this? Like, there's like a code. Like, yeah. you're a member of this club. You're out there snitching. Snitching. Well, Ugh.
2: the question is, was there like a you know? It was a lot of canopy coverage. Yeah. That he Twenty thousand square feet. Right. Which I guess. Which you, I don't know. That sounds, might not even be a lot. On sounds a golf significant. Course. Right. But regardless, I can understand if it's like a favorite tree. That yeah, was yeah, Taken yeah. down. Certainly, everyone has one of those. Of but that doesn't even seem like that was the case. So. Yeah. Uh, boo on that guy! Yeah.
0: Snitches get stitches. Absolutely from, from trees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> We had also a golf ball thief, a serial golf ball thief in Connecticut who is he's out on bail, so I guess he could be still stealing. I was going to say he's off the streets or off the courses, but he's out on bail. Um, he stole 20,000 golf balls, apparently, from the Patterson Club. Have you played there? I, I have, have. I yes. I thought you had. I yes. never have. You I have. Yeah, for you sure. Have I have too? a good buddy,
2: yeah. I a member there. Damn, that's supposed to be nice. A couple times, nice. actually,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I've played there a handful of times. Really nice. Have you ever taken range balls? Uh, that you've never been invited I've never there.
0: been invited you've? there. Have, you ever taken range balls and then sold them to area driving ranges <laughs> for 73 cents on the dollar
3: um no not okay. no i didn't do that i have taken some golf balls from different ranges Ooh, but never the patterson know? club really? by the way
2: just as a side note yeah. you don't need to steal golf balls from. Yeah. You, i lose every ball now <laughs> the fall you can't see any all you got to do is walk around that's the golf course true you're just, i mean it's impossible that's to true. find your own ball so you just end up finding everyone else's ball that's true, true. so
0: well anyway the, the jig is up for this guy and he, he got busted two other times back in 2001 in stanford and 2011 in Brookfield. So this guy literally just goes around sta- uh, Connecticut. I love it, yeah, range down balls.
3: in like our place yeah. in Connecticut. Yeah. He's like one of our neighbors. He's out there. Yep. Stealing uh, thousands of golf balls.
0: So, okay. And pros are just like us. It's actually Tiger and Phil this week because they will be just like us for their big match. They will not have fans. They'll have a few. They'll have some right. high rollers, some sponsors, obviously the media who's there. I know Dave Shawoski, right, is going to be there for mm-hmm. us. Um, but no. General tickets. Does this is that going to be
2: weird to watch? I think so. I think, yeah. but it's going to be such a. Um, it's obviously such a made-for-TV event, and so I guess True. They're trying to keep the backgrounds clean, or I don't know, because you're still going to have people around the greens and whatnot. I just think it's. I, I just think it's going to lack atmosphere as a result of it. Right. Maybe they'll do like Will a, they push, a laugh track. Like yeah, exactly. Will they have sitcoms? a yeah?
0: yeah. Pumping the bird sounds like possibly. Guess. Right. Um,
3: I, don't, I It's annoying because I think that like one of everyone's favorite moments from this last season was watching everyone swarm around tiger coming up 18 and just that visual like you can feel the energy of moments like that through the tv and now it's going to be this like weird awkward like oh there's a couple guys out there i don't know i didn't love that decision and i thought the I mean, aren't they trying to make money? Like well, they could Well, yeah. I think sell. it's the it's
2: kind of the opposite of the NFL strategy. The NFL strategy is once the game is a sellout, they, they won't the, show the game on TV. Here, right. it's they want people to buy it on TV, right. so they won't. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I, I guess, think the yeah.
0: biggest thing is they're afraid that they're going to have a huge crowd, and that's like they a whole other that, set of problems. But then you have to hire security. They have to hire security and... anyway. You think yeah. he's going to walk out there? You or? have to do more.
3: Tigers showing up. It's going to be yeah, totally I, secure. Yeah.
0: I'm more disappointed it's not going to be prime time because Phil said it would yeah. be at least the last few holes and it, apparently it's not and that that was an opportunity to do something again kind of different mm-hmm. the last having the last two holes even under the lights or something so
2: it's also it's stroke. It's just straight metal play right I think so that's, that's disappointing that's I, don't I mean, I realize that. it's the most. Um, it's, it, it guarantees you play eighteen holes. Yes, that's the first. Guarantees part. You play the second part holes. is to the casual fan who might not understand match play. Yes, you know it's less of a hurdle, but yes. it's just so it's so exciting when, you know, yeah. two down you can be aggressive. I just think it's so much better.
0: But right, it, but it leaves open if someone's down by three on the last hole. And Someone Phil... turns
2: out like what happened? Oh, it's over. He won. He won nine eight.
0: Right. So, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely losing a little of my enthusiasm. Well, towards. yeah, lots I think to a lot of people videos, have, unfortunately.
3: And we still have over a month yeah, before it month. even happens. Yeah, over a month.
0: So. Um, all right, our crazy nugget stat of the week involves Bernard Langer. It comes courtesy of Justin Ray uh, at Golf Channel. And this Bernard Langer won by six shots at the SAS Championship. He's actually had kind of a down year for him, mm-hmm. but he wins by six shots. And over the past five seasons, on the Champions Tour, there have been five wins by at least five strokes, and Longer has all of them, all of them, including when he won the British Open, I think two years ago, by thirteen shots. He's sixty-one. He's closing in on Hale Irwin's record for wins. Um, what I mean, is that a amazing. reflection
2: of uh, on him his just ability to kind of run away from it?
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah, did, was he blowing out fields back in his heyday? No, no right. No. I mean. He's kind of like a grinder i i I just he's he's a freak i mean he really
3: he's i mean he's like a buzzsaw out there yeah like he wins all the time i don't know and i don't know what it is i guess it, it must be kind of a weird scenario to like retire from the pga tour and just be like okay i've had to be so competitive for so long and these seasons are really long like how could you not be burned out? Right. And like to kind of like get it going again and try and play a couple events a year the way that like Freddie Couple does. I just, I don't understand how Longer has this like continued desire even yeah. to win.
2: Yeah. Well, one of my favorite people in golf um, is the sports psychologist, Fran Pierzolo, who works with a number of players, including Longer, and he mm-hmm. always describes Longer as someone who has kind of the perfect mindset. Like, he's always looking mm-hmm. to improve, and he's really self-critical uh, about where his weaknesses lie and how he can improve. I mean, the great example is the guy's had, like, three or four cases Body. of yeah, the yips in his yep. career, and he's sort of constantly reinvents himself. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a perfect example of someone who um, thrives and really enjoys the process of improvement mm-hmm. and and when he has down months down it's a, a new challenge to navigate his way out of it it's really admirable i mean i don't know if other players have the endurance to be able to do that when they're 61 years old but but um, you know it's obviously something that he really enjoys
0: he probably could have hung in our company basketball game he probably, he probably w- yeah.
2: and if he hadn't a, a torn Achilles he, he probably would have just, just kept going yeah. yeah he's a monster
0: um, all right, anybody, let's make some uh, CJ Cup picks. We've got, uh, we go from Malaysia to South Korea on the PJ Tour. Uh, Justin Thomas is the defending champ. This was a new event last year. I see we're, we're all kind of coming up with who we like. I'll set it off. I'll go first. How about that? Um, I, this guy didn't play last year. Um, he actually just finished middle of the pack in Malaysia, but he's one of the hottest players in the playoffs, Billy Horschel. Uh, mm. Billy Horschel... He withdrew in Boston, but he finished in the top three at all three playoff events. I mean, that was pretty sneaky for a guy who had kind of been quiet uh, for a while there. So I just like the way he's playing. I'm not really going much on, you know, course history or anything here. I'm just going with Billy Ho.
3: I like that. Um, I, I'm going to go with Kyle Stanley. I mean, I feel like I pick him. Yeah. very frequently yeah. just because it's gonna happen it's gonna happen
0: and you're gonna look like a genius and i'm gonna yeah.
3: everyone's gonna be like oh my gosh wow, although so, i then you'll
0: sorry. say i don't give you enough credit for picking you never give right. me
3: enough sure. credit um <laughs> no i mean talk about endurance like this guy's been finishing in the top 15 top 10 for just months on top of months um and anyone who's that solid i it's just a matter of time so yep and he hits every single fairway ever. So and exactly it was a
0: guy who some people were saying Ryder Cup at uh, Lake Golf National yeah, would have yep. been a good good pick, but uh, did not. It's
2: actually a pretty good field. I'm looking at it right now because it is a it, decent yeah, field. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. A couple of some Ryder Cuppers. Yep. Yep. Poulter, uh, Alex Norin. I like Alex Norin um, coming off a you know obviously great finish to the Ryder Cup. Xander uh, Shoffley. So I'm just going to give you a kind of buffet of names. Okay. Choose. So all three of those guys. Guys who are pretty good. Justin Thomas is a
3: good golfer, apparently. He's decent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heard of him, yeah. So
2: <laughs> uh, I'm go, and if I was going to give you a serious pick, I would say I like uh, Brennan Steele. Okay.
0: okay. all-around ball player. All right. I
3: there like Norin. I would put that as your B pick. Yeah. I think that's a good one.
0: I, I th- just I, I want to see what happens because last year was pointed out uh, when Justin Thomas won. The CJ Cup is not a cup. Right. It's like this plaque thing. So Mm. hopefully the the tournament has said, "Mm, we Mm. might want to get a cup
3: Maybe we should give someone a sort of vessel. We we have the
0: Sites Cup. It's a cup. It's a cup. I mean, yeah. Anyway, just throwing it out there, CJ Cup organizers. All right, guys. uh, Thanks again to Gary Player for joining us. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. And please check back next week to see who our guest is.